Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Post Political Podcast. I'm the host, Derek Britton, and I am uh, very excited about this week. Um, I, I have a wonderful guest on. I'm going to introduce her in a second. First up, let's get to the promos. So we have first up the Vermin Supreme Institute. Our purpose is to inspire social evolution through the disruption of authoritarianism, to promote compassionate activism, and to spread the knowledge of redacted history. Through the use of humor, direct action, and mutual aid, we uplift the disaffected, the disenfranchised, and the disempowered. I want to again just last, this is probably the last time I'll mention this, but I wanted to thank everyone again for the uh, who contributed time or money or uh, goods to the Love and Action fundraiser. Uh, we were able to deliver 75 uh, sets of survival gear to unhomed individuals up in Reno, Nevada, and then later uh, handed out kind of the rest at the Fallon Soup Kitchen. Uh, so thank you everyone for uh, helping out and uh, supporting the Vermin Supreme Institute. Uh, next up, we have Brewed Coffee. So if you're in Lexington, Kentucky, check out Brewed Coffee and Beer Drinkery. Uh, you can also check out my affiliate link. That'll be in the comments after the show. Uh, you can buy mugs, shirts, hats, or masks, or whatever, tote bags, whatever you're looking for, uh, and help support the show. So lastly, we have the two promos that we're doing through the shop. Uh, first up, we have the Be Gay Do Crime uh, shirts and hats. So it, these are to so help support the Trans Resource Network of Louisiana. Uh, they help out with uh, trans and gender nonconforming folks down in New Orleans uh, with uh, helping get them to surgeries or, or housing or uh, many different things. They're a mutual aid group uh, down in Louisiana, a great group. You can either buy one of the shirts or hats uh, or directly donate with the PayPal uh, link. And then lastly, we have the Bridge Kids Give Back fundraiser. So Bridge Kids Give Back is a group committed to feeding, clothing, and uplifting one unhoused community at a time. Uh, they're here local in Massachusetts. Um, I had Nancy on the show actually about a couple months ago. So if you would like to buy either a tote bag or shirt, 100% of the proceeds will go to the uh, Bridge Kids Give Back group, or uh, you can donate directly to the PayPal group, uh, PayPal uh, link at the bottom. And I'll put all those links and stuff in the comments so that folks can uh, see them after the show. So now we have uh, the introduction. So Kat Marty is a libertarian feminist and activist. Uh, close to two decades of libertarian movement experience. She's a co-founder and executive director of the Feminist for Liberty group, uh, which is a grassroots, grassroots group dedicated to promoting libertarian feminist ideals and voices. Uh, Kat grew up in North Texas and South Indiana, earned a political science degree at the University of California, Berkeley, and now lives in Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I will post her social links uh, in the comments after the show uh, and also the links to Feminist for Liberty. Let's, let's bring in Kat. How's it going? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I um, We talked a little bit before the show, but I, I really um, appreciate and, and uh, I'm a fan of the, the Feminist for Liberty group. Um, a lot of the content that you put out, video content, the forums, the posts and stuff, I, I consume a lot of it. So uh, I'm a big fan. I, I This is great. Thank you so much. And let me just say, uh, I loved your intro music. My uh, my little punk riot girl heart uh, went all for it. So <laughs> that's that's wonderful. I, I we have uh, some access to to be able to get some of those you know clips and stuff. And I literally searched like punk intro music. That was my <laughs> my clip. So uh, no, I'm glad you liked it. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, uh, fun to put together and stuff for the show. And it's it's been good uh, so far. But um, I wanted to, you know, kick things off with uh, hearing a little bit about how you got to, you know, the third party and, and becoming a libertarian and stuff and, and kind of what was your journey? I know it's kind of different for everyone. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so I've thought a lot about this and the conclusion I've pretty much come to is that I've probably always been a libertarian. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just as long as I've been alive, uh, I, I feel like it was just a slow series of discovering things were illegal and then being like, why? That doesn't make sense. Right. Um, I remember. So so you said in my intro, you made a minor mistake, which oh. you would not be the first one. Uh, I've actually never been to the state of Indiana. Um, oh, that's dude. actually South India, the country in Asia. And so, um, I apologize. <laughs> no, but this is actually, it's relevant to this. Okay. So when I was, um, quite young, I mean, I must've been about five or so. Um, I was flying with my mom to India where my family's from. I spent, uh, about a third of my life at this point would have been about a half when I was growing up. Um, and flying, it's a really long flight. It's two really long flights. So I'm just like watching over all of this land that we're flying over. And 
um, you know, and then I tell my mom, when I grow up, I want to be really rich so I can buy a lot of land and me and my friends can, uh, me and my friends can start our own little country and have our own rules on it. And my mom told me, if you do that, the U.S. government will come and kill you. <laughs> she was not wrong. It's so, yeah, so true. <laughs> but that, that was really for me, like the first time that I'd even like considered this. Right. That this was this was possibly a thing. And so, pretty much from that point on, throughout my childhood, my teens, I just kept running into things where I was like, "Well, why can't you do that? That doesn't make any sense. You're not hurting anyone. Right. You're not doing anything bad. Why would that be illegal?" And um, so it actually got to the point, I was a weird little kid, clearly. <laughs> I got to the point when I was maybe um, about 12, 13 years old, maybe about 12 years old, where I decided, okay, clearly I don't, I don't see a whole lot of people who think like me. I'm going to start reading all of this political theory. I'm going to put stuff together and I'm going to put out my manifesto explaining to people why the government shouldn't be telling you to do all of this. So I started, um, I remember 12 years old, I read the Communist Manifesto. I was like, okay, cool. This seems like inspirational and great. And then I looked at what communism does and I was like, never mind. Right. This is terrible. Yeah. Um, and it does not work. And so it's sort of a series of these things to the point where um, I made myself a t-shirt when I was maybe like 14 or so that um, it had... Um, the it had a donkey and an elephant on it and it said when two rights make a wrong because i very much i was still on that sort of mindset where i thought of like the left right spectrum as being like anarchist to authoritarian right now i'm very much like for the four-way chart but at that point i'd never heard of it right and yeah. so yeah and so i was like okay clearly all these parties they're way too authoritarian this is a problem for me um, and so things progressed. I spent a lot of time on the internet. I spent a lot of time like in these debates and stuff like that online. And when I was 15 years old, I was on a weed messaging board where most people are talking about cannabis, like the best bongs or whatever. But I found myself in a debate on this board where I was trying to explain to people, yes, I think absolutely cannabis and all drugs should be legal because it's your body. It's your right. The government should not be involved. This is nonviolent. However, I am concerned about what regulation and taxation will look like in a legal regime. And someone was like, hey, you sound like a libertarian. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Yep. And so long story short, they sent me the four-way political quiz. I took it. It told me I was a libertarian. Um, I Googled that and I found a bunch of websites, I actually found the Cato Institute website at first, looked at it, it was like, oh my God, these people agree with me. Right. This is the first time in my life that I find people who are saying all these things that I keep trying to tell people that no one seems to agree on. Right. It's like, I think I'm a libertarian. <laughs> And so, so that was it for me. Like I definitely was a libertarian. I know I very interested in these ideas and learning about this stuff. So as I've continued, I think I've like moved farther um, right on the economic scale as I've kind of like studied a little bit more about economics and things like that, but very much very far bottom yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, so I've never, I've, Certainly, I've registered Democratic, I've registered Republican, I've registered um, other various third parties, depending on a specific election I wanted to vote in. Yep. Um, but, you know, as far as like my beliefs, I'm absolutely a libertarian voter. I'm very hopeful for the fact that I think increasingly with the internet, with awesome shows like this one, people are starting to see that there are options outside of these like two parties that are essentially the same party that are all working against you, the individual. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of that uh, kind of permeate through with the Biden campaign. I mean, I want to do too much uh, just shitting on that <laughs> the the current administration. I'll shit on both sides. It's all yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it, it's just, you're seeing a lot of the same stuff that a lot of people were complaining about with Donald Trump. So it's, it's, um yeah it's, it's literally very, like what just yesterday the news came out about the eminent domain along the border in order to build the wall right that case was opened up under trump 
yep. just finished. Guess what Biden's doing? Uh, there's this whole the both parties benefit from this idea that they're sort of uh, that they're diametrically opposed. And really, at the end of the day, they're really similar. There's there's minuscule differences, but it mostly it's marketing. Yeah, exactly. I think they both have I think. The Republicans are uh, mastered it a little earlier on with the the marketing and really um, kind of push things, Maybe. and then the Democrats figured it out, and now it's just now they almost work together to just figure out which side of the thing they want to be on in the marketing, <laughs> and then they just vote completely opposite. I mean, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's insane. I I, I have a hard time. Um, you know, I, I voted uh, Democrat a while. I came uh, in from uh, basically Obama turned me into a libertarian. Like I was very the anti-war, uh, pro-immigration. Uh, and I thought that was what Obama had stood for because I really only paid attention to some populist uh, politics, I guess, at that point. I, I voted for President Obama in 2008. I was not an enthusiastic voter at all. Actually, I went into I went into the ballot box not planning on voting for president at all. I was living in Berkeley at the time, California, and I wanted to vote on Measure JJ, which made cannabis a lowest priority uh, for law enforcement, yep. along with some other measures. But I'd been working on the Measure JJ campaign a little bit and a couple things like that. So I went in to do that the issue politics voting stuff that was like, okay, this is definitely for freedom. Yep. Didn't really like Obama. He seemed like a statist to me. They all seem like statists to me. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> they all are. Um, but like, I just, I voted my whole ballot and then I was just sitting there for about half an hour and this, it just kept resonating in my head, something that McCain had said right before, like in the weeks leading up to the election about how we would stay in Afghanistan for a hundred years. And I was just like, I can't, I can't vote for that. Like right. that. So McCain is the one who convinced me with that one line to vote for Obama. I otherwise would not have. And of course, you know, it's not like, of course, we're still there. We're, right. we're supposedly pulling out now, but uh, somehow I've heard that before. Yeah. And I mean, the funny thing is, is a lot of uh, uh, Democrats are celebrating uh, Biden saying this. And in reality, he actually pushed out what Donald Trump had supposedly negotiated in May, whatever. Uh, and then it was, you know, pushed down to September. So uh, and. You know who you know I, that those troops those are those troops are not going to be going home no. taking off their uniforms they're going somewhere else to be doing the same thing there's no way like if we move them it's just going to be a game of risk right yeah and it's it's uh, it's awful and I I think I, I don't I I'm with you I you know I feel optimistic I feel like there is um, a bit of a breaking point that people are getting with you know continuing to see policy that they don't agree especially in the criminal justice space I think. That is where we can work with every single person who doesn't agree with the police state that we currently have. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, yes. I know Republicans on that side. I know Democrats on that side. I know Greens on that. You know, I, I know people in every single party who, who do not believe in uh, the current state of affairs as far as our criminal justice system. So I think that's the only people, people who believe in our current criminal justice system are either part of our cr current criminal justice system or just have no idea how it works. Right. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I feel like there was a part of, uh, you know, not long ago, I was probably in the ignorant, you know, uh, uh, bucket there. It takes a bit to engage. And, and right now politics feels so toxic that I mm -hmm. think a lot of people just kind of push it out of their mind as well and um, feel, you know, almost blissfully ignorant at the time. But uh, when they're seeing people, uh, innocent people that are, are are getting killed, you know, on video on social media, I feel like that's jarring enough to stop people from the inaction to really, you know, start to try and at least support uh, local things happening at, at different levels and stuff. Yeah, and I, I hope so. I hope so. And yeah. we've seen that. We've seen a couple qualified immunity bills starting to go through at the local level, at the state level for the first yeah. time ever, um, you know, when... Cato Institute, Institute for Justice, were talking about this issue three, four years ago. They were literally the only ones. Right. And everyone was like, what, what is this weird wonky thing you want to talk about? Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream wants to abolish qualified immunity. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I actually was introduced this on a feminist for Liberty thing. And um, I, I really appreciate how welcoming the message is and how a 
approachable and tangible and digestible, I guess the, the message is, is consent culture. And, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's really great. Like the, the consent culture thing really struck me. I mean, I, I got the concept at, at a certain level, but it never fully clicked until like, I, I think I watched either a panel or um, one of the videos that you had done. Uh, we did. We did a panel discussion as part of the International Day of Consent, which is actually a sort of more left wing yes. for the most part festival. But um, uh, we did a panel for that on libertarianism as consent culture. Yep. Yeah. And that was wonderful. I think, you know, I, I, I guess if you can boil it down into a quick, you know, we, we only have a certain amount of time, but like if you can give a little bit of that to our uh, listeners just so they can hear it, because I think it's wonderful. Like I said, it's just such a beautiful way to package a very complex concept into, I'm not saying it's all encompassing, but it is, it is significant in how much it does, I guess, encompass as far as uh, kind of libertarian ideals and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So credit, uh, credit where it's due. I will say that I first heard that phrase from Ovens O'Brien, who's actually now on our Feminist for Liberty board. She's awesome. speaking at Porkfest uh, several years ago, my first time going to Porkfest. And I heard her say that. And I was just like, yes, actually, that's exactly what it is, right? Because the entire central driving motivating force behind force probably could have picked a better word <laughs> behind libertarianism is this idea of consent. It's this idea that whatever you want to do, provided you're not using force or coercion to get someone else to do it. Right. right. And so, um, so we just, we love that phrase both because it makes, libertarianism so much more appealing and really boils it down to what it's about and what we're talking about when we talk about liberty uh, to two audiences that are sold into uh, consent culture who are open to these ideas of, okay, yes, consent matters. Consent is mandatory, which it is and should be. Yep. Um, but it also, I think uh, part of that is also that it pushes back against there are certain strains within libertarianism who Really, I, I don't even think that a lot of times they're that libertarian. They're just more sort of like edgelords yeah. uh, who want to, you know, they want to be out there and they want to, you know, fight the culture war against the left or whatever. And so they just immediately push back against these ideas of things like cult uh, of uh, consent culture. And yeah. so we're kind of like feminists for liberty. We're sort of in this in-between place, we're very much just like mainline libertarians with libertarian values. And we want to talk to the world about them. And we want to talk, explain to people essentially why one, these libertarian approaches are better oftentimes, usually I would say always yeah. than uh, government approaches for the types of things they want to do. But two, we also want to, you know, get into those spaces and be talking about these ideas in a way that for a very long time, um, a lot of libertarians just ignored those spaces and ceded them to people who are motivated to use government to try to fix problems. And, right. uh, you know, so we're sort of trying to combat both of those at once, both dealing with the fact that a lot of people, when they think libertarian, they are thinking, uh, of, you know, they're thinking of someone who's bigoted and terrible and hateful and, you know, just like the worst troll on the internet, right? Yeah. Uh, which is not not what we want. We want people yeah. to love these ideas because honestly, I think most people, uh, when you really dig down there, when you really talk to them about what they care about, like, yeah, they do believe that people should be free and they do believe that people should be able to live how they want to live. And they do think that it's important for people to live without force and without people making them do something that they don't want to do and without hurting each other. And, you know, that's what it really boils down to. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. It, it, there's, and I think that helps very, uh, helps a lot of people who, and I struggled with this uh, kind of early on as well. You know, I, I do believe in kind of radical anarchism. I, I believe I'm very, very low on the, you know, uh, author, authoritarian scale. And, I'm, uh, and, I'm right at the bottom there too. Probably a little bit more to the right than you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, how do we, we can't explain to people what we want at the end because that is very hypothetical. It's very theoretical at this point. And it is so far off from what we have today that people are just going to tune you out. I mean, like how would that? One means sound crazy 
first off, especially if you just if you just start there, yep. you sound crazy uh, without any sort of groundwork. And two, we're never going to get there if you're refusing to work on all the stuff that's actually happening to make all of these little changes that will move the ball in that direction. Right. Because there's not going to be a time where tomorrow you get to say like, cool, should we abolish the state? Yes. Okay. Everyone agrees. That's never going to happen. No. Right. And being able to say, do you believe in consent culture? And do you like, that is such an approachable thing. That's something that someone could, you know, kind of process in a a pretty short amount of time and think, yeah, you know, uh, why shouldn't it be a kind of a mutual contract between two people, even if it's not a legal, you know, just a, just a, a, a verbal contract, let's say, between two people uh, to do something that they want to do uh, moving forward. How, right. Like that is something that is so should be so universal. I understand that people have some you know things that they're really really specific about that they want to push with state power, right. but if you just approach it in that way, at least you don't sound like that crazy radical. You know what I mean? Like it, you sound so much more approachable and like, hey. You're really just trying to look out for the individual, for every single person, mm-hmm. no matter what uh, uh, group they they might associate with. You're looking out for them so that they can do anything as long as they're not hurting people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the benefits, one of the things I really like about being a libertarian is that you can, one, I believe that most people, the vast, vast majority of people on earth want to build a better world. They're not going out in the morning and saying like, how can I make this place way worse to live in? They want everything to be better for everyone. They just maybe have some different ideas of how to get there. So I think if you start from that place and try to understand like why they want the things that they do and what that thought process is for how that will make things better, that's helpful. And then the other thing is that as libertarians, we can pretty much find something to agree on with just about anybody, right? Yeah. And so, like I mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of um, of allying myself with a specific party. I like to sort of jump around. I mean, I am, I do often vote libertarian, but not always. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't, I don't care about the party politics. I don't like that kind of tribalism. What I like is specific ideas, specific changes, like issue campaigns or. Yeah things that we can actually change. And I think meeting people where they are, whether that's through things like changing laws or even through things like you did a lot of stuff on mutual aid. I think that we can do a lot that way. And I think we can do it both, uh, you know, just by actually helping people and also by demonstrating, hey, this is how the world should work. Right. You know, because if we're out here saying uh, we don't need a state and then we're not doing any of the things that people think that the state is doing that's positive for them. They're just like, oh, so you just want the world to be terrible? Is that what you want? No, right. of course not, right? We don't need a state and here's why we don't need a state because we can ourselves make sure that we're not using force against other people. We can ourselves make sure we're helping other more vulnerable people. We can ourselves demonstrate what a world would look like if we didn't have the state coming in and doing things like pouring bleach all over food. Someone tries to give to the homeless or, you know, tearing down homeless encampments or, you know, locking up kids at the border. Like that's how state charity works. And, you know, just making that really clear to people that like, yeah, I think these things are bad too. I also want to fix them. And, that's not how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, showing example, I mean, it's, it's wonderful to hear this because I, I, on a lot of shows have said, you know, if you're running, I talk with candidates, you know, here and there as well. And I say, if you're running on volunteerism and mutual aid, and that's what will fill the vacuum of social safety nets or whatever, you best be out there volunteering and working on some of those mutual aid projects, or you're going to sound like a, another politician. Like if people don't someone see will you, do it, not me, but right. someone will do it. Yeah. If, if people don't see you in your community doing those things, they're not going to believe you when you say it's mm-hmm. going to work that way. And it's, I think, you know, my perfect kind of uh, goal kind of step to get there is I'd love to see a mutual aid shop or, you know, I, I actually saw in uh, Massachusetts, the North shore, they're opening up uh, what they're calling a mutual aid free store. And mm-hmm. basically it's, it's take as you need and, and donate as you need um, and I would love to see those types of uh, programs open up and actually directly in the market compete with state-sponsored uh, social safety nets. Because I know for a fact, 
you know, getting onto uh, um, or, or dealing with uh, Medicare or getting onto uh, unemployment or anything like that is not an easy process. And being able to work with those in your community to do something like that instead of having mm -hmm. to work through the state and like all this red tape would be such a more positive experience for people that that would be the winner. Like the market would show that would be the winner and people would go to that naturally and we could use it as hey this you know this works locally here let's try and expand it to a major city let's try and expand it to whatever and and um yeah i just i that's kind of it's, it's great to hear some of the thoughts that i have as well kind of uh, <laughs> echoed back uh so that's that's wonderful yeah absolutely and it's not it's not just marketing i mean i think i honestly believe that those that kind of individual one-on-one -on -one thing living your values that's what this is about right like yeah it's great marketing and if we're not doing it then what are you really selling people right but right. it's also like if that's the world we want that's the world that we should be building ourselves yes yeah and we shouldn't be waiting for the state to do so. i mean we're, we're supposedly you know running yeah. in antithesis of the state or whatever uh we shouldn't be waiting for that to happen or uh, you know, we should, if there's a law in the way, we should be really lobbying and forming groups and stuff to fight that law that's blocking whatever thing we want to start or do. Um, that's where I think, I think if, if more folks had those kind of efforts, um, the electoral poli the politics part would just come along with it. I think it would just happen naturally. And I, I, I'm not against electoral politics either. I try and help I'm on campaigns and stuff, but sure. yeah, um, no, same. I mean, I'm, I'm an anarchist too, and I have absolutely worked on campaigns. I've already talked about voting. Like I do do this stuff. Right. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, we need to be that example. Absolutely. Be the change you wish to see. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about uh, this this wonderful group, Feminists for Liberty. Um, how did you, you know, work to start it and, and kind of what what sparked that, I guess? What what um, was the, the part that said, this is the good idea that I need to run with? This is. Yeah, yeah, cool. So we actually have a video on our YouTube channel that'll go more into detail on this, but I will give you the Sparks, Spark Notes version. Basically, okay. uh, back in 2016, um, Elizabeth Nolan Brown, who some some of your viewers might know, she's uh, one of the editors over at Reason Magazine. Uh, she and I were talking, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the the primaries had just started for 2016. We're looking at the field, and uh, we were talking about the fact that Hillary Clinton looked like she was likely maybe going to be the front runner. I think she just recently announced this was right at the beginning of 2016. Yep. And so we, we were talking about how it seemed likely that we were going to start hearing these pushes for like, if you're a woman, you have to vote for Hillary and, you know, we're both feminists. And so we very much believe in this individualist feminist tradition um, of no, the point of feminism is that women are not this conglomerate who all think the same, do the same, are the exact same thing that you can just sort of plug and play in society, right? Like we are individuals and this idea is the antithesis of that. And then of course, like once you get Donald Trump on the Republican side, there's a whole other variety of feminist problems with his candidacy. Yeah. But um, but so we were really thinking about Hillary Clinton and the likelihood that she would end up being the front runner um, at this point. And then at the same time, there was also this like really venomous strain of what I called, uh, I, I want to call like edgelord politics. It's sort of the rise of the alt-right that was happening around that time, had been for yeah. the last couple of years. You and just increasingly you were hearing people who supposedly were libertarian in these libertarian spheres adopting a phrase that I that was coined by Milo Yiannopoulos, um, who, by the way, repeatedly said he wasn't libertarian and people keep trying to argue that he's libertarian. Right. Especially they did at the time. Feminism is cancer. And we we're like, that's ridiculous. First off, um, not true. Secondly, like feminism is a very libertarian idea. Um, and, you know, the Libertarian Party itself started with many libertarian ideas. Uh, one of the co-founders of the Libertarian Party, Tony Nathan, was the yeah. first woman to win an electoral college vote. She, as, so as soon as that campaign wrapped up, she started the Association of Libertarian Feminists. I mean, like, 
um, the modern liberty movement itself was started uh, largely by three women, uh, Isabel Patterson, Ayn Rand, and uh, Rose, uh, Rose Wilder Lynn, who were themselves bucking against the patriarchy as well as the state. Those were the two main things that they were right. pushing back in their own lives. Uh, so feminism is very much a part of libertarianism. And so we were looking at these two things and we're like, okay, so, and then you also had these like, feminism itself was getting increasingly carceral and put and championing women like Kamala Harris, who of course is now vice president uh, several years later. Um, and so we were looking at these trends and we we're like, okay, we need to find a way to bring back the, me bring back this message that one uh, libertarianism is feminist yeah. fundamentally. Like these ideas, these are, these are not the antithesis of each other. They fit together. We want more feminist ideas in our space. We want to be addressing these issues. And also we want to be in those feminist spaces, pushing a back against these sort of pro-state carceral um, type solutions to these problems that we see as well and that we think are actually worsened by government. And right. so that was back in 2016. Um, we, we, we've done a bunch of things since then. Uh, some of our early things, I think one of in early 2017, um, we attended the Women's March, which uh, we got so many people who were like, you can't go to the Women's March. They're not going to let you be there. They'll be so angry. And it's like, no, we're, we're going. We went um, dressed as suffragettes. The suffragettes used to wear these ribbons that said... Um, suffragette on them. Yep. So we went dressed as suffragettes with ribbons that said libertarian on them, had a bunch of libertarian feminist type signs, messages, things like that. And overwhelmingly people kept coming up to us and being like, Hey, I thought libertarians hated women or Hey, I didn't know you could be a woman and be a libertarian. And so we were just talking to people about, uh, about libertarianism, about, libertarian solutions to a lot of the problems that the people in that crowd cared about, whether it's stuff like sex work or whether it's stuff like um, ending the wage gap, which kind of gets really misrepresented by both the left and the right, to be honest, or yeah. all of these kinds of issues. And so got a lot of media out of that, started doing things, started doing these salons and socials in DC, do these sort of like flash talk um events where it's like we'd invite people to do flash talks at a bar have some drink specials that kind of thing and we were getting folks who were definitely libertarians but we were also getting a lot of folks who were just curious and just wanted to come out and talk and stuff like that and we uh legally incorporated in 2018 we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so you can donate to us that's how we do all of the stuff that we do. So please do and uh, write it off on your taxes. Um, and I will tell you, as an anarchist, I never thought I would spend so much of my life filling out government paperwork. <laughs> but we, yeah, so 2018, we did that. And we've been uh, growing since then. We've got a bunch of different stuff. Liz and I recently launched, um, we launched a YouTube channel at the beginning of this year. Um where uh, we just started a new show called Cat and Liz Talk About, which are these sort of like bite-sized conversations between the two of us on um, on various issues from a libertarian feminist perspective, whether it's just explaining libertarian feminism, or we did one on sex and gender, we did one on capitalism and how markets empower women. Um, so we have a bunch of these types of things. We've um, We're actually right now, we're running our second annual video contest. Yep. We did it last year, um, mainly because at first we had a bunch of ideas and things planned for the year, then COVID struck and we're like, okay, cool. So we can't do stuff in person. What do we do? People are at home. Maybe they can do something. Cool. Let's ask folks to send us videos. And they can be simple videos, short videos, two minutes to seven minutes, shoot it on your computer, shoot it on your phone. If you have equipment and you have video skills, send us a really awesome video with all of those skills too. But honestly, we just want to see what you'll do. And we got a bunch of cool videos. We didn't we decided it wouldn't be fair if we judged it ourselves. So we got a panel of various judges from the libertarian video world, people like Terry Kibbe of Free the People and Remy, who does the Go Remy videos and Reason TV and a bunch of other people like that. And um, 
yeah, we got so many cool videos. Really liked it. We did a video festival via Zoom. And um, this year we're doing it again, except we're going to be hosting the video festival at Freedom Fest and we'll give prizes of up to $500 um, of equipment or whatever you need to get your message out. So I will say, if you're watching this, go check it out at our website, feministforliberty.com. The deadline's May 1st. Um, and you don't have to be good at video. You just have to have good ideas. Just tell us what you think libertarian feminism looks like in 2021. Um, but yeah, that's actually the videos that we got out of that first video contest. They were just incredible and so interesting. And like, I learned so much. I told you, I hang out on the internet all the time. I'm interested in these ideas. I'm really nerdy. So like, I read all this stuff and I just, I feel like people touched on stuff that I had never considered. Like our yeah. second prize winner um, made a video about Amerasians in the Philippines. And she talked about these sex workers that the U.S. military paid um, Filipina sex workers to uh, work essentially as contractors for the military. And then they left the Philippines. And then there's all of these issues with these kids who... Um, are the children of U.S. citizens, do not have U.S. citizenship, were sort of like uh, kicked out of their communities in the Philippines, all sorts of like really interesting stuff that I'd never even heard of. Like, yeah. so a lot of fascinating things like that. And that's actually just watching those videos. We'd been talking about doing our own video series forever. And we're like, okay, we asked all these people like just came at us with these ideas. They just shot it on their computers. Like, we keep going back to, uh, but we don't have equipment. We don't know how to do this right. And like, they called our bluff. We're going to start this. And that's how we started Cat and Liz. That's perfect. No, and it's it's great. I, I think, uh, you know, probably a week and a half, two weeks ago, I stumbled upon my first uh, Cat and Liz talk about. And I, I watched uh, the capitalism and the uh, gender uh, one. I, I watched both of those, uh, sex and gender. Um, so, awesome. yeah, those are really great. No, I, I, I um, like I said, I, I really like a lot of the content. Uh, you all produce uh, there. And I put the link just as a heads up. I put the link in the comments for the uh, video um, uh, contest. So if you're listening and you want to uh, enter, yeah, go to that link and, and check it out. And also I will put in, you know, the feminist for Liberty uh, links as well to help. Yes, donate. Please. To, yeah. But send us your videos. Like I just want to see them honestly. And like, there'll be a lot of cool judges checking them out. We might show them at freedom fast um, and you might win a lot of cool prizes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's great. No, and I, I think, you know, it's it's just such a um, I, I want to touch a, on a couple of points you made there in the kind of the forming of, of Feminists for Liberty as well. I mean, I, you know, when I, I kind of found uh, libertarianism and kind of went to go check out some of the spaces, it was just a lot of, you know, edgelord type stuff and uh, some hateful stuff. And I, I really... You know, I I'm I actually believe now at this point that libertarianism is the most compassionate uh, kind of political party that there is. I, I think you know just the consent culture piece and um, not doing not using force for for um, anything you know that we we're trying absolutely to no. I say it all the time. I'm a libertarian because I care about how the state hurts people. Yeah, and I I think that's just it's such a welcoming message but like you said like people are trying to go out there every day and trying to make the world better so it's it's like a it's 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 a, a road to get there you know what i mean i, I feel like it's just such a, a good way of um bringing people in and i think that especially like i said the content that i've seen um in feminists for liberty and stuff i think helps allow it's almost that soft place to I, we always talk about soft place to land in a few of the these episodes it's yeah, right. really hard to find a good soft place to land for uh, libertarianism in general. If you go to libertarian Twitter, it's toxic, uh, you know, all over the place. If you go to uh, different groups, there's, and it's, it's just, there's a few really loud voices that are uh, usually uh, most of the issue. And the, those are the people who get the, who get the stage. And at the end of the day, what change are they making? They're going out there. They're saying these like, usually like terrible things. I'm not really sure what they're actually doing for the community. I'm not sure what laws they're changing. If anything, I feel like most of the time they're just chasing people away from libertarianism. Yeah. And like, uh, like I said, I've been around this movement for a while. Um, and a lot of times I think that like, 
you know, those radical ideas, I love a lot of those radical ideas. Yep. You don't start with that, right? Like two of my friends, they made this video a very long time ago, Kathy Reisenwitz and Marianne Copenhaver, who used to be uh, that libertarian girl on YouTube. So oh, they yeah, made this video, this must have been like 2011 or 2012, but uh, I still cite it all the time because I love it. And it's like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's something like how not to talk about libertarianism. And it's them like going door to door and knocking on people's doors and being like, have you read Hayek? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very difficult to, I mean, and it's something that a lot of libertarians feel so passionately about. I, I personally like discussing economics with people. I like Yes, absolutely. With, I care about it a lot, but like so interest. many times people are interested in like that door is open or at least cracked. And they would listen to you, but they're not going to if, one, you tell them, like, read these 800-page books right. and then come back to me. They're not going to listen to you if you approach them with this, this like, holier-than-thou attitude. And they're absolutely not going to listen to you if you try to come up with, like, the craziest, edgiest possible spin on this and make it sound like this radical idea that no one could possibly be into, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, I, I, I love like, uh, you know, again, radical ideals. I, I love even some radical ways of getting attention and getting, but, but having um, that message be of kindness, of compassion. So like, you know, Vermin Supreme Institute where we're, you know, I'm part of the Vermin Supreme Institute. I know Vermin, I've been to Vermin's house. I know Vermin Supreme very well. He has a very different way of coming at things than most. And it's very radical. True. <laughs> I can't really, I can safely say I've never worn a boot on my head. Exactly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, he's he's talking about compassion, love, and, and helping people with mutual aid. And it's it's a it's a I mean, he's also talking about toothbrushing laws and, and fun stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's he's using humor and and something that is so approachable. And it's funny because I, I talk to a ton of uh, you know, there's there's the different kind of groups in the the party and stuff. There's mm -hmm. radicals and prags and all that stuff. And I talk to a lot of pragmatic people, and they say, "How do you, you know, how is this a pragmatic approach?" And I say, "Just the comedy aspect of it will bring in so many people just off the bat." And yes, there's a, a certain group of people that might push away a little bit, but if you can get through to a message that he's he's been saying, it is just such a wonderful thing. And there's there's the ability to be not edge lordy but but having uh some some spin on it without being so you know non-approachable so i think that there's something to that because i will tell you i am one of those people who like i do not love the vermin supreme branding i just don't like yep. for me i'm just like no you're making it a joke why does it have to be a joke however he follows it up with all of this like actual like interesting compassionate mutualism which yep. Like, I have a lot of respect for that. I have a lot of respect for it's not just the joke. It's not just the platform. There is actually something happening behind that that is quite beneficial, I think. Yeah, and it's 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 a different, definitely, I mean, it's and it's it's funny, me and my wife talk about this a lot. My wife has the exact same uh, opinion on that. She's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a little tough. She's like, I, I don't know if I could fully get on board with that because it is so kind of zany and stuff. And I'm like, that, and that's, fine i think this especially this movement as a total you know as a bigger larger movement are going to need is going to need a lot of different voices that do impact and, and kind of hit a lot of different groups of uh, people and you know i think the 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 more the merrier as long as it's a compassionate and, and welcoming message and not something that is actively trying to push people away you know what i mean well, i think what matters at the end of it is does your libertarianism okay so like here's what i always view as like i know we talk about like libertarian uh purity tests and that kind of deal and like most of the time in most cases i would say i'm not a big purity test person uh you know maybe at the bar after a few drinks i might have some opinions but um in general right uh it, as long as um on a particular issue you want to make things better for people and reduce the role of the state, I will work with you on it, right? Yeah. Um, but I think if there is a purity test about whether or not you're a libertarian, this is what I would make it. It would be essentially, um, do you hate the state because the state hurts people? Or 
do you hate the state because the state won't let you hurt people? Those, I think, are two very different things, and that's what really matters. I've never heard that, and that kind of uh, blew my mind a little bit. That's I like that a lot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's and that's that's really and I've always tried to draw that line because it's like you know no matter what you say, you can be putting off. I'm sure I put off people when I try and partner with progressive Dems. I'm sure that puts off some groups of libertarians. Uh, I mean, I go around calling myself a feminist. I can tell you based on my inbox, it does not make a lot of people very happy. <laughs> so it's, it's not whether or not you're, you're pushing people out. Like there, there was always so hard to like, how do you define it then? Like you're not, you know, at some point, no matter what you say, you're going to push some group of people away, you know, some uh, subset of people. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's, it really comes down to that. Are you, are you trying to do it? so that you can hurt people or are you trying to do it because the state is hurting people? And that's, I, I just, I really like yeah. that. That's, that's really wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think what you're saying about different approaches is really important, right? Like we are individualists. We are people who believe fundamentally that people are very different and that different people need different things. There is not a one size fits all solution for everything. And so like, obviously what's going to appeal to you or to me or to, I don't know, the guy who runs the Chinese food place across the street from me could be very different things, right? right? We're not, we don't wanna have one TV station. We don't wanna have one type of deodorant. We don't wanna have, you know, only one vodka in the state store, right? right? And this is no different than that. There's different approaches, different packages, but what really matters is if at the core of that it's actual liberty and liberty for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's wonderful. I, I think that's the, that's the way um, that we kind of get to uh, just a better place. And like you said, just trying to work with people who want to make the world a better place. And uh, if we can start doing that while, you know, removing state power, I think, and I think most individuals want that. It's really hard unless they're a politician or someone trying to gain a lot of power very quickly most people want that. I mean, it's, it, it, it might look differently and you can't just go about it and say like the government can't do this, but like, <laughs> I, I go back and forth on this, right? It depends on how optimistic I'm feeling that day, but I think you're right for the most part. I think most people really are at least somewhat libertarian. They may not call themselves libertarian. They may have very negative views about libertarianism, but at the end of the day, most people want most people to be able to live how they want to live. There are exceptions. Those exceptions usually come to, okay, when it benefits their personal interests, you really, and lots of libertarians fall into this trap too, right? right? Like if it benefits your personal interests, there is a strong motivation sometimes to use the state to do something. Right. I think that's a problem, but like that happens and that happens with everybody. Right. Um, and then secondly, it's just like we talked about, it's this idea of packaging it as libertarianism or packaging it as the state or what those words mean to people. And right. like, that's what they're talking about. You know, when people hear things like anarchy, for instance, they're thinking that you're talking about bombs going off in the streets right. and they do not want that because most people, like probably 99% of the world does not want that. That's not what they, they're not hoping to live in a world of constant fighting and terrible things. Right. Uh, and so like, it's up to us as people who believe in and care about these things to demonstrate that, no, that's not what we mean. And we can do something together. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, we're going up against that kind of large machine of marketing that has done such a good job pushing uh, the bomb thrower anarchy. Uh, right. And, we need, I mean, you hear uh, in the last, and I, I've seen um, uh, the system is down uh, group uh, has put out a few videos. They put out some videos for the Joe Jorgensen campaign with Spike Cohen as well. Um, he did a couple on um, Biden and Trump using anarchy in the absolute wrong way. And it was, it was really like eye opening to see like, this is intentional. This is not unintentional. Like they are trying to do this to give anarchists this bomb thrower, you know, uh, stereotype. Right. I, I mean, I definitely think there's some part of that. And I think it's also just like we grow up in this world where, for the most part, people are taught from a very young age that the government is there to help them. 
And like most people believe it in most time. And then people are actually like radically surprised when they find out stuff. Like for instance, we talked about qualified immunity earlier. People find out stuff like, oh, not only are police actually not held to, um, to the say to a higher standard than other people, they're actually not even held to the same legal standard as other people. The Supreme court has essentially said that police can knowingly violate your rights and get away with it. And that's perfectly fine, you know, and things that you or I could, would never in a million years be able to do, they can do. right? Right. And I think that like blows people's minds. I think there's a lot of things like that out there that just like, they don't, know that that's what's happening and honestly they do, there's this idea of rational ignorance right like you you cannot expect people to know every single little thing every little right. policy there's like millions of laws and policies and regulations on the book and if you were spending all your time doing that one you'd probably go insane and <laughs> two like you would do nothing else with your right. life right yeah, and it's it's tough. I mean, you know, especially you know now people are are working multiple jobs and trying to make ends meet. Being able to actually go and do the research for all that stuff as well is very very difficult. Um, no, it's 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 something that I think the education and the approach needs to be refined a bit. And I think um, you know I, I think it's going to be done at an individual level. Like I, I know there's a big effort to try and get like the national party to to run messaging like this and things like that. But I think it's going to take a lot of really good voices uh, of people in the movement uh, just trying to share that with the 10 people they know and and just continuing to do that more and more. And there's a lot to that, too, right? Like, I do a lot of stuff in digital. Um, I know you do as well. The vast majority of people get their news from Facebook. You know, people trust the people that they already care about. They don't trust some new source. They might trust a new source because that new source has become part of that people that they care about type thing. In general, no, people don't believe the media. They don't believe these things. You know what they do believe? They believe Joe from down the street who they've been friends with for 10 years. And yeah, maybe they don't always agree on things, but they know Joe's a good guy. They know that Joe helps them out. Uh, that Joe shoveled their walk for them last week when they twisted their ankle. Um, they like Joe, they trust Joe and Joe's now coming up to them and talking to them about something that they didn't know about before. And they're like, huh, cool. That's interesting. I'm going to be open to that idea because like, I like Joe. Joe seems like a good guy. Joe seems like he wants a good world. Like if he cares about this, maybe I should care about it too. Right. Yeah, and I feel like uh, one of the things that I have really tried to do since getting sucked back into a lot of the libertarianism stuff and, and trying to talk through it is keep, you know, I and uh, I talk to Spike Cohen a lot. He he brings this up uh, constantly. He's like, you need to keep normie friends. You need friends outside of because if you just continue to talk about it in your group, that's all you're going to talk about when you meet someone new. And you're not, they're not going to listen because they're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You are weird. And what are you talking? What is this nap thing? Why do you keep talking about (laughs) naps? Do you have toddlers at home? What's going on? Yeah, uh, totally. Um, So I actually think so. Like, I love the internet. I've talked about the internet a lot in this very short period of time that we've talked to each other. And like, one of the things that I love most about the internet is it gives you this opportunity to see into so many new worlds that were just, we were shut off from before. Right. Not so long ago, uh, it was, you know, people still to this day, the vast majority of people live within about a hundred miles of where they were born yep. their entire lives. Uh, and up until very recently, that was a very small circle that was basically the only people you would ever get to meet in your life for most people. And so the internet gives you this opportunity to see all of these ideas, all of these things out there. And what's kind of sad to me is I think increasingly people are sort of bubbling into their own little niche circles where they're doing the same thing that they were doing previously, where they only talk to the people from their town and not that town weirdo town that was right there 10 miles away from them. Right. But they're doing that on the internet. What I actually like to do is I spend, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I spend so much time reading libertarian stuff and all of that, but I don't just do that. Like I actively seek out things that I dislike. I want to see the opinions I don't like. I want to see opinions of people who are not like me. I want to see what they're thinking. I want to see what language they're using. I want to see like what issues they care about. 
why they care about those things. And I think that that's yeah. really helpful. And, you know, like, um, same thing with, with friendships. Like I like cool people. I like interesting people. I certainly like, certainly have a lot of libertarian friends. Uh, this is a circle that I've been in for a long time. This is right. something I care about a lot. I like to nerd out on this stuff. So like, I need those people in my life, but like, those aren't all my friends. I have friends from all different walks of life doing all sorts of things from all four segments of the political chart. I will say definitely, definitely skew more towards people on the bottom, but uh, I have friends who are in those upper two things. And sometimes I think that they are so terribly wrong, offensively wrong, but like, I'm still, I want to, they seem okay for the most part. And I want to know like why they think the way they do. And I, I'll push back on them. I'll tell them like, Hey, let's, th- that's a bad idea for X reason. Or I, I'm not going to like change my mind about my views. Right. But I, you know, so many times people have told me, well, this is like one of the biggest compliments I receive, but people have told me so many times. Um, I, one of two things, either they'll tell me, um, I used to hate libertarians until I met you, or uh, I used to think that I could never identify as a feminist until I met you. And so like both of those things, like when I hear that, that's like, that's what I'm going for. That's, that's like what I want to hear. Yeah. I I was lucky enough to hear it uh, once or twice on the show and I, it was magical. I mean, that's like, that's, that's the the moment where you're like, yes, the the hearts are playing, the lights coming down. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just people, you know, um, people don't understand that there are just so many different, they think of libertarianism as this one big collective that believes one thing that whatever the mass media is really put in their mind or whatever their first experience was or whatever. And in reality, there's just so many ways that people can apply those principles to, you know, my main major focus is much more on the social side and trying to help uh, uh, people as much as possible than it is on the economic side. I like the economics. I like talking about that with a lot of people, but if I'm going to put effort towards something, it is going to be uh, tearing down some of the laws that are uh, criminalizing sex work or drugs or, you know, things like that. And, that that's not the only thing that I do. That's not the only thing that I care about, but that's where I'm going to put my effort and people just that's, that's uh, awakening, I guess, to, to some people that that brand of libertarianism is out there and people, people feel that. One of the things that drives me nuts, to be honest, is people all the time call me a left libertarian and they call me that both as a compliment and as an insult, depending on where they fall on this thing. And I am not a left libertarian. I have no problem with left libertarians clearly have many left libertarian friends. I uh, think they're wrong on certain things, but like, I'm like, if I'm, I'm like this far bottom right corner, right? But then people are like, oh, but you care about things like ending the drug war and immigration and, you know, uh, decriminalizing sex work. And you talk about feminism. Like, yeah, those are all just libertarian positions. That's just libertarianism. That's, that's all that is. Like, if you want to talk to me about whether I think uh, capitalism is valuable or if I think that, like, certain market mechanisms um, are important or not, that's that left-right thing. And that's right. not what we're discussing right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, that that has been so uh, pushed, you know, the left agenda, the right. And that's all that mass media talks about is really the mm-hmm. left-right uh, piece of it. Um, and even, like... You know, I've seen, oh, uh, the the major parties have pushed us further left or right. I've seen both, actually. Uh, yeah, depending no, on the- weird all the time, which, like, they are in certain ways. There is this radicalization happening. But, like, fundamentally, the part, the, neither the Democrats nor the Republicans are ever going to be truly radical. Right. And they're both always going to be the party of big government. Yep. Neither of them has ever been the party of small government. The GOP might claim it but they never have been. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's how it's in what ways do they want to use the state against a certain subset? And it's, exactly. it's really, that's the same thing on both sides. It's just, they have a different subset of folks that they want to use the state against. And Absolutely. In some cases, yeah. it's the same. <laughs> and I think, I think that that matters too, right? Like there's, there's, this is just a very important idea in libertarianism as well, because we have this marketplace of ideas and if you want to you can believe something you can have very strong opinions about how people 
maybe should live their lives or do something which may or may not be uh, a truly libertarian opinion in and of itself. But what matters at the end of the day is, are you going to use your brain and your mouth to try to convince people that that is how they should live? Or are you going to try to use force, either yourself using physical force, or are you going to outsource that force to the state to try and force people to live in that way? And I think that's the... That's the big major issue here. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that as well. That's that's a an incredibly good point. Um, and we're we're up against it, or we're past the time that I. <laughs> but Sorry, I, I have been fun for me, so, and I can talk forever. Same <laughs> here, and that, that's why I started the show. Is I, I love talking to folks, and um, no, this has been incredible. I I really uh, appreciate you uh, coming on. I want to give you uh, some ch- a chance to say, you know, kind of uh, promote anything that you want or. Um, you know, kind of end end it and, and leave us with uh, some parting words. Absolutely. Um, so as far as parting words go, I will just remind people, most people want the world to be a better place. And uh, just keep that in mind when you're approaching people and really try to live your values and show people why a freer world is a better world. And um, if you've liked listening to me, if, if you thought that any of these ideas were interesting, you can Find me on Facebook or Twitter at at Kat Murthy, that's K-A-T-M-U-R-T-I. And you can check out Feminists for Liberty at feministforliberty.com. We're on Twitter as at Feminist Liberty and Feminists for Liberty on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And please, everybody who's watching this, I'm sure you all have some really interesting ideas May 1st is the deadline for, um, that's not a joke, I promise. May 1st is the deadline for our film festival this year. Uh, We have a lot of great judges. Uh, It's really easy. You don't have to have a lot of technical skills. Just like grab your phone, grab your computer, something like that, and go talk to it for two to seven minutes. Tell us some of your ideas. Send it in. You could win up to $500 worth of whatever equipment you need to get your message out. Uh, so check it out. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I did uh, put the uh, link to the video uh, part in the comments. Uh, after the show, I'll go back in and put all your socials and the um, Feminist for Liberty stuff so that that's all there for people to get. Um, and thank you again for coming on. I would love to have you on again. I'm taking a little bit of a summer break here uh, after May until August. But uh, in season two, I'd love to have you back. This was wonderful. Would love to. This has been so much fun for me. (laughs) Great. great. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you have a great night. You too. Take care. Thanks. So Kat Murdy, that was uh, wonderful. Uh, I I really appreciate uh, her work. I've I've followed the Feminist for Liberty um, for a few years now and watched a lot of the video and and, uh, different content that they've put out. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed the show. I'm going to put in the comments all of the uh, social uh, media networks and stuff uh, for both Feminists for Liberty and Cat. Um, but also, um, you know, if you have uh, any ideas for that uh, video contest, it sounds really cool. I checked it out uh, before the show, and it's it's awesome. You know, the, there's a bunch of different prizes for for video equipment and stuff um, to help get your message out to, to more folks like this. So um, I hope everyone enjoyed this next week. Um, we have, uh, oh, next week is, uh, so we're going to be doing the, the next show on Tuesday, April 20th, uh, and Chrissy Wickers and I are going to be doing a cannabis episode. So we're going to be talking about cannabis legalization. Uh, we may consume, uh, some, uh, before, uh, during, uh, the show, and we'll be just having a good time talking to folks, uh, that like we have done, you know, weeks past. So I hope everyone uh, joins us next week. Um, and then I want to kind of prep, prep everyone. Uh, I'm going to be also doing a uh, forum uh, here soon. So we're just putting together now, but we're going to be doing a forum on uh, trans education. Uh, right now, there are a significant, way too many uh, anti-trans bills uh, going into state legislation all across the country. Um, we want to uh, do what we can to help educate folks we are going to have on medical professionals. We're going to have on uh, folks in the community. We're going to have on um, folks that are, are uh, really tied into state legislation um, and really try to break down, you know, what these bills are trying to do um, medically, how uh, they're not uh, helping anyone. And they're, they're really targeting uh, trans youth, which is just a, a second layer of awful. Um, and, you know, uh, just some general uh, misnomers and misconceptions and maybe uh, um, 
some good ways to, 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 to talk to folks in the trans community as well. So um, I hope everyone gets excited for that. That'll be probably in the next few weeks, we're gonna have a couple of meetings trying to get everything together for that. But I hope everyone uh, tunes in for that as well. Um, I will announce that on the page and everything when that comes to be as far as the date and everything. But uh, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight and I hope to see you next week on the Post Political Podcast. Thanks. Thank you.